everybody. You're listening to an episode of This Most Unbelievable Life. Yes. We're so glad you're listening. If you've been listening for a while, you know my voice. I'm Dr. Sherry Spiegel, and my co-host is my dear friend, Dr. Paul Fitzgerald. That's right, folks. I'm Dr. Paul Fitzgerald, and I'm happy to welcome you to Season 5 of the podcast. I'm honored to be here once again with my co-host, Dr. Sherry Spiegel, as we work to discover, along with you, our own most unbelievable lives. Thank you for listening. Yes. Good afternoon, Sherry. Hello, Paul. And how are you on this fine day? How am I on this fine Tuesday? Um, I think I'm pretty good. You know, still, still finding that to be a strange question to answer. Isn't and it? so that means I will ask it of you. How are you? Well, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, the, I, th- I think this is the, this is episode 67. So 67 times the question has been asked and either you or I have said, um, well, thank you. Well, <laughs> and what have you, right? So I paused because I didn't want to say that I was well, because I knew it would feed you into the, I'm well I'm, as well. I'm well too. I'm well also. I don't know. <sighs> Oh, boy. So what's going on over there? Anything? What's going on over here? Uh, you know, not too much. Um, I find that like a challenging question to answer. Um, you know, people have asked me if I'm having fun on my summer break mm-hmm. or people will mm-hmm. ask me, uh, what did you do today? And I find it like a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um there are uh, some voices that I've heard from some of our fellow colleagues now that they've entered the summer where um, there has been a, a statement of wishes that have mm-hmm. been foisted upon them saying, I hope you take some time off. I hope you go and hang out at the beach. I hope you read a good book or something like that. The pressure, that pressure that puts us under, yeah. you know, you better come up with something good, you know. Uh, what, yeah. but this was the old, uh, what, what'd you do on your summer vacation from when we were kids, you know, it's true. And you wanted to have something cool to say. Um, but, um, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like, um, my friend Mike and I haven't had our June discussion. You know, we, we have these monthly discussions, yeah, right. Of, yeah, right. you know, what are going to be our goals and, um, things like that. But, I really find that I'm coming to the month of June and I guess this episode will come out in June. So yeah. it will be yeah. well into the June state of mind. Um, I am really trying to create some space just to be curious about who and how I want to be in the world in June. Um, instead of trying to prescribe it, I just want to be curious about it. Um, so the plan is to make room for something to let itself be known without foisting a plan sort of upon it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I tried to come up with like a list of things that I really wanted to accomplish this summer. And it's like, I want to look at more sunsets and sunrises and... I would like to keep pressing the button and recording myself talking. Yes. Preferably talking to you. 
Seems to work. Seems to work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think in prior summers, I would have this really scripted, regimented, I want to accomplish these things so that I can, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how I would finish the end of that sentence. But I just want to be curious this summer. Yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. Um, I've had a strange relationship with the word accomplish. Mm. Um, for some strange reason, um, or maybe it's not such a strange reason, when I hear, um, uh, like, uh, fun fact, we both work at a, at a community college, so we talk about, we, we use the word student often, just fair mm-hmm. warning to listeners. Um, when I hear a student use the word accomplish or accomplishment, I bristle. Mm. I bristle. And I'm not altogether sure that I know exactly why, but I think I'm starting to figure out a little bit why that is. You know, when people Would talk about like, their accomplishments and it's like, ooh, I want to accomplish this thing. It's like, I don't love it. Do you know enough to be able to tell us what you think you're bristling at? Well, let's find out. So um, <laughs> I'm curious. Let's find out. <laughs> Uh, I've, I mean, I've had, I've had people say to me, you know, with a smile on their face that at the end of the semester, when they get their grades back and they're all ones that they like, that they're feeling accomplished or, um, that they're add this to their list of accomplishments, uh, stuff like this. And it all sort of comes down to, in my own sort of mind, I think part of the bristling is stuff that I've done that I want to tell every other people about that I feel good about. Um, but um, I, I, I sometimes question the motivations on why those accomplishments are being put into place though. I mean, the word is kind of strange accomplished. It's like, fine, I get it. I've never looked that one up to see what the etymology is, but you, you know, know, you're I, tempting I think, me right now. yeah, I know I'm, I'm only saying it out loud because I'm tempting myself and it's like, I'm just going to say it. And just let it be out there that I am resisting the urge to Google this, like literally right now in the middle of recording this. Um, but it, it, I think what it, what it, it causes me to do, whether or not the, um, the student is accomplishing things or trying to do accomplishing things or not, I get this mental image of a, a poor youth or young adult or adult or anyone of today in this educational system in which we have. Um, doing things so they can show somebody else their worth or value or something like that. It's like, uh, are they, you know, are they getting their happiness through their accomplishments? Are they getting their self-worth through their accomplishments? So it just raises a lot of red flags in me. You know, I think that it's like, oh, I hope, I hope you love yourself for other reasons than just those accomplishments though. Please tell me you do. Right. You know, right. Uh, I mean, accomplishment is a really strange thing in part because it, it fixates on the past. It does. does. For something to be an accomplishment, it should be over. I have had someone tell me um, that they are feeling accomplished. Right. Because that's something they have done. So yeah. Right. feels like it has a resolution to it right i guess yeah 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 the yeah. the thing that is causing them to feel that way is in the past right and is uh is, is done 
I guess. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting thing, you know, like I'm thinking about the goals that I had in my life that I have accomplished. And as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about one of the questions that I hate being asked is what is your greatest accomplishment? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I hate about that question is it asks you to stack up everything that you've done in your life and to ascribe value to each and then hold one up above the others. Yeah. Right. 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 And so, I mean, we could celebrate the fact that our podcast it has over 60 episodes and we could call that an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And especially, I, I do feel like it is an accomplishment. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot of podcasts that start off, I know people who have started podcasts in the last year um, who never made it past episode 20. Right. 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 So ours right. did. We have accomplished that. Um, but is this my greatest accomplishment? And what, you know, like, um, Eric and I have been married uh, almost 16 years. Mm-hmm. You and Shauna have been married 18, 18 as of yesterday. As of yesterday, yeah. Congratulations to Thank y'all. You. Thank you. It will be as of two weeks ago by the time yeah, this comes two weeks, out. Two but still, and, two weeks and one day. Two weeks and one day ago. Right? Yes, it will still be an accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. So does an accomplishment mean need to be something that is difficult and that other people have failed to do? I don't know. I don't know. See, it's like I'm still, maybe, maybe. Me neither. It's got to be, you know, it's not an accomplishment if it's easy, right? Um, I had a, a committee member when I was in graduate school who would say that what gives, uh, what gives the, uh, the doctorate value is that not everyone can do it. It's like in, in order for it to be meaningful, some people have to try and fail, I think is the allegation there. You know, and I, I don't think he was referring to um, uh, like economics or privilege or being put in a position where it like actually could be done. I think he really was referring to started it, attempted it and did not su- succeed. You know, it's like it really was a in order for the doctorate to have value, some people have to try to do it and, and, and not, and not succeed in that. Um, and, uh, I know a lot of people that when, when that was said was like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, and some people like really got pissed, you know, and it was like really took serious disagreement with that, you know, you know, as if, you know, so it's, that's not to say it's easy, but if everybody succeeds in it, I mean, what's, what, What's, what's so bad about that, right? You know, so it was well, this really interesting conversation broke out. Well, and there's another side to that conversation too, which is something that one of my master's degree mentors used to say, which was that the definition of something abnormal is something that not everyone does. And so he used to say that by definition, graduate students were abnormal because yeah. they were doing something right? Like we are outside of, we are skirting around the edges of insanity by doing something that is outside the norm of what mainstream society does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Right. So are we accomplished or are we a little bit insane or, 
or are both credentials necessary for graduate? You know, maybe a little A, maybe a little B. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a curious process. You know, it's a curious system in place to to get those doctorates, and um, it's it's one of those few. You know, and you know, we've I think we you and I have both talked about a little bit why it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it, it it's not like a, a walk in the park. That's for sure. Where I went um, for graduate school, the the you pretty much walked in the door. Um, they said, "All right, be creative. Let me know if you need anything." You know, so it's like the the expectation is to do something that hasn't been done before, right? I mean, that's I mean that's the nature of the dissertation based research, you know, of of a, or the research based dissertation of getting a doctorate degree is like do something creative that hasn't been done before. Well, and it's interesting because like even in that language, you compared it to something that is altogether is, lovely. Hmm. Like you to disparage or or to state how unique and how worthy it is you you said it's not a walk in the park but what's wrong with a walk in the park i love a walk in the park (laughs) uh some parks maybe have never been walked in i don't know um yeah so it 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 does this curious thing and you know you and i were talking about this uh before um before we we started recording this relationship between um fear and creativity hmm. and uh you you were, have started a book is that correct you started reading a book right mm-hmm. um that talks about just that very topic that we sort of referenced it does um but i am so still new to the book that i am still afraid to talk about it creatively <laughs> perfect perfect so um in a, in a couple of weeks should sherry finish the book we will tell you what book it is um but a uh, long story short uh there's risk involved with getting a doctorate a little bit well th- there's not risk involved with it there's there's an element of terror involved. I mean, you have you do something creative and write this dissertation and do qualifying exam, all this kind of stuff. And there is not necessarily always a feeling of safety in graduate school, mm-hmm. yet you are still expected to be creative. And and so there is that sort of tension between, you know, fear, fear getting in the way of creativity. And it's hard to be creative when you're worried about you know, all the bad things that can happen or stuff that is, is not fun. And so it's like, okay, so be terrified and creative at the same time. It's, like, it's, it's hard. Right. Well, and so one of the reasons we were talking about this before, right, is we were talking about some of the conditions of us working together that even allow this podcast to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things is that I think there's trust in our relationship that, yeah, Right. allows me not to focus as much on uh, a lot of the fears um, that I think, you know, I'll speak for myself, that I can navigate the world with, right? Like, um, even this podcast, like the idea five years ago of me recording my voice on a weekly basis and putting it out there to where anyone could listen to it, Um would have been something that literally would have given me hives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the, in the beginning we were able to do it because I wasn't focused on the fear and that gave me space to be playful and creative. Mm. 
And the irony of talking about fear in this podcast is that in the last, eh, well, our listeners won't know how long, uh, but in the last bit, we got to experience one of the things that I think has been a big, like, longstanding fear related to this podcast mm -hmm. since the beginning, which is... What happened? That one of us would lose power in the middle. Yeah. And it happened. It did. It did. It did. And what's going to happen now, Paul? We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be <laughs> fine. Um, but uh, but be because we do, I think, trust each other and that we have a I don't know. I mean, this, I've I've never said the phrase I'm about to say before in my entire life because it's like, under what circumstances would I ever have to say this? You know, a culture of safety with our working relations. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, one of us just lost power. Um, cool. And we're back. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, and, there's no freaking out. There's no, it's like, yeah, we are where we are. It's fine. You know, it's like, okay, back to work. I know. And so I watched like, myself go through that. Like I watched, um, because it was my power that went out. Um, I wasn't going to say like, it, but. Yeah. <laughs> everything went dark. And I was like, and, and Paul just froze on my screen. And I was like, oh, how ironic that on a day that we're talking about our fears and the ability to stay creative, even as you're facing your fears, yeah. uh, <laughs> the universe has allowed us to take the test. Like, can yeah. we do it? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can. Um, it would be funny. It's like, oh, my God, we're talking about safety and fear. And uh, the power just went out. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. And we're going to freak out. And ah, it's like, OK, cool. But, I mean, having that safety in place, it's like, no, don't need to freak out. We'll work it out. It's going to be fine. You know, and just so the listeners know, um, it is a beautiful, sunny, not windy, not rainy, not stormy, <laughs> not stormy day. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, man. Who knows? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, it was out for just a, a little bit and then came back on. Um, but yeah, it is a sunny day. So it's not like yeah, it's like it's a storm blowing through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we get to be creative in how we transition there and like. We could try to walk through the moment as though it never happened, or we can just acknowledge it. Yeah. And so, listener, welcome to the gift of authenticity. Sometimes their power goes out. And uh, there is, I mean, and being safe, being comfortable, being secure in in what somebody is, is doing, or I should speak to, for myself as well, what I'm doing. It's like, you know, you can just go a little mental check down. It's like, well... Uh, assuming like we have not just entered the initial phases of nuclear holocaust and Alexandria is now not looks like a, a smoldering crater um, and Sherry is okay uh, did we get the recording yeah it's saved on my end so you know the first half of this we'll we'll see whether or not it's saved on your end but it's saved on mine so we gotta we gotta we got a secure and stable recording where were we let's pick it up let's go if, yeah and it's like eh, it's fine we'll work it out and so uh, for anyone who is thinking about a podcast out there and getting started, sometimes the power goes out, just so you know. Yeah, and it happens. It just happens. Well, and it kind of reminds me of like one of my biggest fears in the world um, has always been appearing imperfect. 
um, right. that someone out right. there would realize that I am not a perfect being. Um, and um, I'm not, right? Like it's not actually a secret. Um, and so I've been thinking about this a lot. Like um, if I'm like scrambling to try to present myself in a particular way and I'm like, oh, what if they think that I'm the kind of person that would show up 10 minutes late? And then I've been trying to think, well, Sherry, you are. Right. You are the kind of person who sometimes <laughs> shows up 10 minutes late. Um, so you're going to have to deal with the fact that that's who you are. Yeah, right. You know. Right, right, right. Um, so it's interesting. So with our podcast, what if we have to look like we got interrupted in the middle? Well, Sometimes we do. Yeah, it's not the first time. I mean, there were a couple of times when this happened. We got, um, I was at a remote office location once and somebody walked in and um, that was a, huh, what, huh? You know, and it was like, what, what? Um, that was kind of strange. Um, it was a workshop that we were doing uh, mm -hmm. uh, last summer, I guess, uh, a rain workshop, meditation <laughs> workshop. And uh, my power went out. Because ironically, there was a lot of rain. Yeah, that was a thunderstorm. Yeah, that was a thunderstorm coming through. And my uh, my router is notorious. For, it's like, I swear, it's like species go extinct and are reborn in the amount of time it takes my router to restart. It's like it, it it's restart time is measured in like geologic time scales. And just, but when you're, when you're in the middle of a workshop with 20 people on a zoom and your power goes out and you're the one running it, it's like, yeah, that's going to feel like an eternity until that thing fires back up. So it's like, that took a little more, uh, presence of mind. And the irony of that one being, it's like, well, I can't do anything about this until my router starts back up and it is a meditation workshop. I guess I'll just kind of sit here and not freak out until, <laughs> yep. until we're back. Oh, we're back. Okay, perfect. And uh, what happened? I mean, it was a disaster, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was so bad. So while you were gone, people were like, oh, I guess Paul got disconnected. We'll wait. Oh, Sherry got a text. Yep, Paul got disconnected. <laughs> and then... Some person in the group said, Sherry, how do you know Paul? And so I had just gotten into bumbling, explaining, well, so we were kind of colleagues and then and then we started this podcast yeah. and then and then and then and then uh, and then you came back. And so, yeah, the worst part of it was me trying to summarize Paul and Sherry. Yeah. And on the other end of that line, Paul was like, oh, my God, right. This is an absolute catastrophe. What could possibly happen worse than what this is? And it's like, no, it's fine. Well, it's and I fine. think it speaks to this interesting thing of how you can grow so accustomed to a certain kind of fear, and then you kind of um, start working on facing the edges of that fear, like, oh, we just a little bit here, a little bit there. And then all of a sudden, like, you can go through an experience and realize that you're navigating the world in a different way. And you didn't know it, right? Like, so when our, right. when my power right. went out, like if this had happened a year ago, I would have been like, oh no, what am I going to do? Check the, you know, check the recording and oh gosh, I lost it. And like, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, huh, power's out. And that was it. Like, yes, that was yeah. Just, yeah. You know, so it's interesting to observe like, cause you know, I'm not an electrician. There's really nothing yeah, there's I nothing. can do about it, you know? So 
you know, and I was like, well, I did find the tool I need to connect my phone to my mixer so that if the power is really out, I could always record from my phone. Nice, nice, nice. But part yeah. of that, part of that also was, was probably, or could have been that, I mean, you know, that I'm not going to freak out. You know, damn it. I mean, it's like not at you. Damn it, Sherry. Right. Fix your freaking power. It's like, how irresponsible is it of you for your power to go? It's like, what? It's like, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, we're both. Yeah. So um, it's like, okay, eh, we'll work it out. But there is this something just happened that did not go as expected. And <laughs> Right. And I think that and, that's part of like the, the trust. Um, part of the trust, I think, in this is that when we are faced with a situation we try to respond to it, not react to it. Right, right, right. And when we get that wrong, which we do, uh, we work on it, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. We yeah. Do. And yeah. I mean, we can we can feel reactivity still wants to show up and watch, if nothing right. else. You know, it doesn't, you know, and it, it it it's not that, you know, it's easy for me to say, hey, folks, uh, here's the answer to all your problems. Just respond and don't react and everything is going to be fine. So let me know if you have any problems. It was 45 years of working yeah. on, you know, it's like, it's not that this is a flip. You're going to, a switch you're going to flip and everything is going to be fine. May it be so if it is, you know, but um, it is, it is a shift that can be made. And sometimes it can take a little bit of time to get there, but it, it, it can happen with intentional intentional practices i think um mm -hmm. but even even after that i mean what i usually say is something kind of cute and snarky when it's like well you know uh i can i can i can try to hope that i can respond more than react you know when it, when it really is is an important time to do that and i get it right quite often or at least i feel like i'm doing it successfully quite often but not all the time but hey i've only been you know, doing it for 20 years, you know, so I'm kind of mm -hmm. new to the practice. So it gets kind of snarky at the end. But you know, even with the best of it, I can still feel the I can still feel reactivity sort of lurking around, you know, wanting to, like I said, it, it gets it, it'll, it'll hang out and watch and see what happens. And, it'll, you know, raise its hand and want to do something. Like, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll call on you later. Reactivity right now, we need to do some responding. Um, but just you know, over and over and over and over again, reinforcing, respond, don't react. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think has trained it to, trained reactivity to know that it's not going to get the, it's not going to necessarily drive the, drive the bus on, on what happens around it most times. Well, and I think that that's the key, right, is figuring out who's driving. And I know we've mentioned that more and more probably on the podcast over the last year or so, but um you know, just realizing that there's so much going on within a human being and that we actually do have some agency over who we're letting drive. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that that's one of the things like I am more dedicated to doing various things that fall under the heading of creativity now than I probably ever have been in my life. And part of that is just choosing to want to give space to the creative parts of my brain and knowing that the fear-based parts they've been driving long enough they're tired yeah right right like so right. what happens if i don't live with fear at the front you know yeah and i think part of that process though becomes like 
you have to understand what your fears are so that you can identify them and then tell them, Hey, I see you. Mm -hmm. Um, take a seat at the back of the bus, please. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think you're seeing where I was thinking that we might go with this. Cause I mean, one of my next questions was going to be, so Dr. Spiegel, how would you, (laughs) how might we, you know, how might we make this, make this shift? And one of the things that I was noticing you know, I was thinking of was when do I actually say when, when does reactivity get to sort of chart the course here? When is when is it when does it get to get put in the driver's seat? And it's like, well, I guess if there's like a hyena or like a lion or it's chasing me or something like that, or you know, some life threatening danger is, is about, it's like, yeah, reactivity. Please offer your suggestions with a high likelihood we will do exactly that, exactly what you're saying that (laughs) we should do, which is run, you know, uh, frantically and, you know, fear for your life. Um, Because, you know, there are times when reactivity does provide the answer, which is the one that the responsive selection would also be, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're both going to run. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's when fear is heightened, you know, it's like when, when fear is involved, reactivity is, is, is louder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when fear is low, when fear is low and this sense of security is in place, you know, you can see better reactivity wanting to do reactive stuff, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is not life threatening. It feels life threatening. It's like, oh my God, the power's out. It's like, you're fine. It's got to be fine. (laughs) There's not like like, there's a lion chasing you or anything. Yeah. I was going to say, if the power is out and there's a pack of hyenas at my door, then that might be an issue. But seeing as how hyenas are not particularly prevalent in this part of Alexandria. Right. You know, we do have a, we do have a, a random fox that has been yeah, common around these areas they're common well in these parts. rumor has it there's a a rabbit one Ooh. making making rounds so goodness, yeah goodness. anyway so not. that's a thing to be afraid of i think yeah yeah that is kind of be afraid of um uh so what uh you, you said um identifying what your fears really are mm-hmm. you know um is is getting a sense of safety and security really about identifying fears and seeing them for what they are. I mean, what's the, what's the work on this? Do you think? Cause I agree. It's like, how do you, you know, this is the whole face your fears kind of thing. It's like, call them out, look at them, right. See what's going on. What, right. but, but that all sounds sort of good, but it's like, what are we actually talking about here? Right. Well, and I, I don't think it's for a lot of us. I don't think it's as easy as just like, well, once you name it, you you can defeat it. Voldemort, like, right? So right, yeah. it it's not for me at least my experience. It's not that easy because um, I'm a person who struggled with a lot of phobias over the course of my life, mm. and I always know what they are. Right, right? right. Um, they're not so phobias are not surprising. Um, I mean, they are in certain ways, but. Like, um, I was afraid of driving for a really long right, time right. when I would drive, I would, you know, have all the classic anxiety symptoms. I had a lot going on there, but in order to face that fear, 
Like I can white knuckle and drive for mm-hmm. 20 years. Um, to really overcome the fear though, for me, um, and I think other people with other kinds of phobias might experience different kinds of things. For me, I really needed to take time and unpack like, well, wh- where's where's the origin story here? Um, what what contributed to this? And then what habits do I have that reinforce it? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I think fears are habit-based in a lot of ways. Yeah, like right. one thing, you have an adverse experience and then it gets reinforced through memory, through behavior, blah, blah, blah. Um, so for me, it became about um, identifying where we started and what habits have reinforced the fear and what habits will <coughs> challenge it. Right, right. I have the one phobia that I can think of, and I have no idea where it came from. Like I, I just say the word phobia. It's like I think it's a phobia. It's like it's, it's like I've been like diagnosed with. Hey, I have this phobia. It's an observation, but it's one that is very strong and powerful within me. Mm. I don't love heights. Mm. I don't love heights. Uh, but like on an airplane, I'm fine. Being yep. on the nine millionth floor of a high rise is like no, I'm fine. But it's like when there's like an edge involved, and it's like you know, I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that. And it's like, I'm finding that my legs do not want to move right now. And it's like, yeah. I have no origin story. It's like, I have no idea. You know, I think yeah. I used to be okay with heights, but now I'm just like, eh, ah, mm, mm. so it's like, I grew into that one. I have no idea right. where it came from. So yeah, the mind is a curious thing. Yeah, isn't it, it is curious. It's, it's curious. I know thing. you also do not enjoy showering in the dark. I don't like showering in the dark. No, I don't like that uh, for I mean, who would though? Who would? Um, I don't like beets. I don't think that's a phobia. I think I just don't really love beets that much. Um, I mean, they're okay, but it's like uh, that's that's not really kind of the same thing. I'm, I'm not personally offended by your dislike right. for beets. It's okay. Right. Um, being late to stuff, like punctuality. It's like I like showing up to a place on time, which is curious because I did not always used to be the best with that. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know what the deal with that was, but. Um, well, and there's there's some irony to that one that's been haunting me lately, which is that uh, you you were not the best at it at, at once upon a time, and I may have articulated some feelings about that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think the last several times we've gotten together, I've been the one that's been late. <laughs> <laughs> you know, alas, uh, that's funny. That's funnier than anything. Yeah, so um, what these fears are that we're um, that we sort of react to when we're when we're living our lives, they don't don't always seem to be as as real as they they feel sometimes. You know, it's like ah! you know, so it's such a strong emotional feeling. It's such a strong feeling that we wanna that that we want to react to, but they're so well, so rarely are they do they have authenticity to them. Well, and I think we react to so many things and not just fear, right? Like fear is one thing we yeah, react right, 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 to. Right. We re- react to other things. Um, and so it it is, it is curious, like if you want to shift a life 
from being primarily reactionary to being responsive, what does one have to do? I think uh, I can only put myself in that position and try to try to answer it sort of as I would, which makes sense because here I am. Mm-hmm. And the question has been, I'm stalling. Um, I think <laughs> you have to know what you want. You know, I think you have to you sort of know what you want a little bit. Um, I would offer you weren't stalling. You were responding rather than yeah, reacting. Yeah, I, I, was, I was looking wistfully off, you know, with my hand on my chin. just kind of, hmm, that's a good one, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to think about that for a second. Um, knowing what it is that you're actually trying to get or knowing what it is that or why it is that you're actually trying to do the thing that you're you're doing. Um, if if you're confident in your in, in your task, if you know why it is you're doing what you want to, and however that plugs into who you are. I mean, if it's like, you know, it's part of you, you see it as part of who you are, or it's important to you because you've made like this commitment to it or, or whatever it might be. Once that is known and, and understood, it's easier to know what a good response or an adequate, well, I shouldn't say good, a, a preferred response, or I should say a response in general, might might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, with this, I mean, long, you know, with the, with the big, huge timeline of the, the arc of my life, you know, not necessarily being what I'm talking about right here and now. I mean, our objective, your and mine, I should only speak for myself, but I think we might be in the same ballpark is we want to record a good podcast. That sounds great for our our dear and beloved listeners and uh, because it is enjoyable for us to do so as well um, Mm -hmm. as as the ones who are putting this out. We want want that to be good. We want to do a good job. We want to do a respectful job of it. We want it to be entertaining and interesting and possibly even helpful to folks if they may like that and we're confident in that and there when the power goes out there is a way to increase the odds of being able to maintain that Mm -hmm. reasoning and that logic behind that or at least that that perspective uh wherein a fear-based response is not going to put the move the ball down the field in a positive way with regards Mm -hmm. to that you know so it's like uh with with a clear view or clear vision of what it is we're actually trying to do here when the power goes out it's like yeah cool we can respond to that we can we can we can still do the thing that is going to check the boxes and and do what we're trying to do right that reactivity doesn't necessitate well and i think you know the idea of moving the ball down the court or the you know insert sports analogy here right (laughs) yeah or nudging the needle like you're not necessarily doing that when you're just reacting right like yeah um, right yeah right You know, like if you want to, you know, if you really want to change things that you have to do more than just react to what's thrown at you, Um, you have to do something with it. Right. right? right. Um, And I'm trying not to extend sports metaphors, Um, but it's just, um, you know, I think about times in my life where I've been really, really busy and I have not been really creative and a lot of it has to do with I fill my days reacting to obligations instead of responding to questions and curiosities. Right. Yeah, right. it makes sense, right? The fact that reactivity, which is often fear-based, mm-hmm. 
does not create conditions that encourage creativity. Yeah, right. Right. And I mean, the, the reactivity of what to do when the power goes out is, uh, why did the power go out? Uh, I'm so pissed that the power went out. I'm going to call Dominion and ask them why the power is out. And then I'm going to yell at the guy. It's like, none of this is recording a good podcast. <laughs> it's being pissed at Dominion. It's like, power went out, power's back on. Where were we? You know, it's... Right. It's completely well, bypass. I mean, yeah. I mean, nobody wants the power to go out, but it, it is the is that is. And yeah, I'm not and saying it, bypass it, frustration, but it's like we're here now and what do we do? You know? Right. Well, it relates back to your idea of you have to remember what you want, right? At the end of this day, do I want to have spent an hour on the phone with Dominion or do I want to have a podcast? Right. 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 Like, and um, it's the same thing. <clears throat> I joke all the time with my students. I have this almost famous at this point um, analogy about loading the dishwasher with my husband. And I always ask them, like, when my husband and I argue about the dishwasher, which, by the way, we don't anymore. Nice. Um, <laughs> but, like, when we argue about the dishwasher, what's my goal? And the goal is not to get my way and the goal is not to have the dishes done the way I want. The goal isn't even to get the dishes clean. The goal is always to stay married. That's what I right, want. Right, right, right. And right. so, you know, navigating a dishwasher is a strategy that my husband and I engage in to meet the ultimate goal, which is to stay married. And for me to stay married, I need a house that is very very clean. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. great. That's great. Um, so kind of circling back to this whole accomplishment thing. I mean, this has been something that's been coming on my mind lately, you know, when, when thinking about this conversation we're having about reactivity and responsivity and fear and, and creativity. Um, when, when somebody has that accomplishment, it's like, okay, I did this thing and now I feel accomplished about it, right? Is that, you know, I succeeded despite fear or I was, you know, because I, I, it always seems like the times when people feel accomplished, when they've said they were accomplished, there was risk involved. And it's like, it, it, it almost, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if the feeling of accomplishment was a reward on being able to keep your stuff together so you could respond to things and not react with them and and sort of see it through is that mm. that positive feeling of accomplishment um sort of the the pat on the existential back that you get for s staying with your fear a little bit not letting it run the show and and being able to succeed in what it is you were trying to do despite you know the 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 risk the felt sense of risk involved with doing it you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that, that points to, you know, if we want like, boy, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. That's, that's what it was like. I don't know great? if that's always true, but boy, wouldn't it be fantastic if that's what well, was happening there? I'm not sure it always is. Well, I think part of the issue becomes, well, what's our goal? Like what kinds of goals do we set for ourselves that right. we want to accomplish? Right. Um, if your goal is to get a PhD, then the only way that you're going to feel accomplished is if you get the PhD. 
if your goal is to stay present in the moment, then you get to analyze your accomplishments a lot more often, right? right? Like you can be accomplished today and you can be accomplished in this minute and you can be accomplished in an hour. Um, So I think it has a lot to do with like, what do we set out as being our goals? And this relates to what we talk about all the time. Like what kind of person do you want to be in the world? Is your goal to be a person who has a PhD or is your goal to be a person who has a 4.0? Right. Or is your goal to be a person who is present in the moment, who responds more often than reacts? Right. What does it look like to make those your accomplishments? Right. 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 Huh. I'm still thinking about this, I think. I'm still trying. Yeah, I'm still trying to just like couch and refrain this whole thing. Because, I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen people you know, talking about their accomplishments and it's like you haven't slept in three days. You've been doing nothing but drinking energy drinks and coffee and you ran yourself ragged. You know, it's like, I love it. You know, so yeah. it's like, I, I I, want to think that that feeling of accomplishment is like, yay, good job, you did the thing. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's true. And it seems like, um, and and that might be why I bristle at it, you know, mm-hmm. that we're, we're all just sort of running around chasing that feeling of accomplishment in one way or another. Because you can feel that without it really plugging into a, a why on what it is really trying to do other than, well, it feels like, it seems like something I should do. It's like, that's a little vague, mm-hmm. you know, but getting back to that relationship between fear and creativity, you know, that response, respond, responsiveness looks to the future and reactivity is, is avoid, looks to the past. Pa- yeah. And it's like, or reactivity is about, um, kind of what's, you know, what, what is the outcome of this going to be in, in my, in my longer term perspective or in my view of, of what's the best version of myself here versus reactivity, you know, which is sort of, I'm trying to prevent something. I'm re- responding is I'm trying to make something happen. React is I'm trying to prevent something from happening, you know, or stop, or it, stop from it from happening. happening. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Avoidance versus accept. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to make some links. I could be kind of wrong on all of them but it seems like this the well they're curious yeah they, they, they come together somehow you know i'm not sure right so it's interesting so i'm thinking about the fact that you bristle at this idea of accomplishment yeah, i don't know it just seems distasteful to me i don't know and so Sorry. now that i know that i'm going to like apply pressure to the wound and i'm going to ask so if i asked you what is your greatest accomplishment how would you respond to that question? Oh boy, my greatest accomplishment, uh, getting out of my mom's birth canal was not easy, right? I was, I was born um, and nobody else was. For, well, my two sisters, nobody else, well, everybody was born, I guess, but not the way that I was, which was from this person at this time, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, making it to 50 seems like a woohoo. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Um, uh, uh, getting a, a a doctorate despite literally everyone's growing, everyone growing up that that I knew growing up's uh, shock and amazement at you know um, I was not a four point student in high school 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what? Him? Uh, uh, successfully navigating 18 years of marriage is probably up there pretty high on the list, too. You know, uh, leaving leaving town, seeing the country, seeing the world a little bit, you know, finding ways to get over, you know, fears that come from risk, you know, and I mean, because... I mean, my mom, I mean, she, she wasn't a fearful woman, but I mean, she lived, you know, in a five mile radius her entire life. And, you know, she didn't like to fly. She didn't like airplanes. She didn't, you know, and she was really worried about us growing up and she always wanted to make sure we, we were safe. And so we couldn't go past that house in that one direction or that one in the other. And you better be home before the lights come, you know, and it was, she, she, there was, she was a lot of, she had a lot of fear of what all the bad things were that could happen to us. And so she watched us like a hawk. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, you know, and it's like, ah, you know, and two of her three children at earliest convenience, like, yeah, I'm moving out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because we were, we were just sort of hawked over, I think, for, you know, leaving the state, leaving the state, moving out um, for for years. And so I I enjoy not living a life based on, on fear, I think, I think is it when I when I kind of tie all this back together again. Um, I never let. I, I, this is that is a lie. I did. I have let fear tell me what to do sometimes because I think most people sort of have, but it's not. It hasn't been the big player. It's like I I've intentionally done things that were scary and risky, mm-hmm. not knowing how they were going to turn out. Um, sometimes it worked out well. Sometimes it didn't work out well. But it's like, well, I'm not going to let fear tell me what to do, despite the fact that on many occasions I did let fear tell me what to do. But that's not the story. I I sort of tell myself. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll quit my job and move to California and get a doctorate. Sure. You know, I'll, you know, I mean, fill in the blanks, you know, fill in the mm-hmm. blanks, but there are things that I would say, yeah, absolutely. I, there are things that I did accomplish, you know, that I was not guaranteed of their success going into them. That did feel really good, you know, afterwards, um, made a delightful lemon sobayon, uh, <laughs> from the Severer magazine recipe that turned out really well, you know, I don't know. It's like, I feel accomplishment. I mean, I don't say that was a life's goal or anything like that, but it was pretty tasty. Um, so, I mean, there are things that I've done. I think that I certainly can't say that are accomplishments or that I'm proud of, or that um, I did not do the worst job at or of, you know, depending on how I want to say it. Um, but they weren't always easy at the time. And, you know, at, at the time it's like, why, what's going to, what's going to go so horribly wrong if you screw it up and you don't succeed, you know, and thinking back on those times, it's like, I don't think I could ever come up with a good answer though. That it seemed scary, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, I, I can't articulate why they're particularly dangerous and why staying here isn't equally so. Cause ultimately it seems like the most dangerous thing that I can possibly imagine is never doing anything risky again. You know, a, a life of stasis where nothing interesting happens sounds like dying to me. Um, so I, I do appreciate times when not a lot happens. Like now, for example, it's like I could use a couple of weeks where like nothing interesting happens. But I mean, even in summer breaks before when I haven't had like too much going on, you know, when I wasn't teaching but still had some stuff, this is sort of my my story, you know, I'll, I'll check out for a month and a half or two months and just sort of be in Never Never Land. But come end of July, beginning of August, I'll start getting kind of punchy and I'll start thinking about the classroom again and the potential of something happening and 
ooh, what's it going to be like this year? I can, you know, start get a little excited about it. Um, so, I mean, there there is an element of, of anticipation that does feel risky and dangerous, although it's not, but it, it, it's an interesting, it, it brings some interestingness to it. Mm-hmm. that I really do do like. And I like trying different stuff. I like trying new stuff. I like to see if something's going to work or not. Um, what is what is the risk of starting a podcast? You know, people are going to hear what you have to say. People are going to hear your thoughts and they're going to be able to listen to it over and over and over. I probably shouldn't talk about it too much. It'll freak out. People can listen to it over and over and over again. If you say something great, yes, that'd be fantastic. Uh, what if you say something stupid? It's like, well, they get to listen to that over and over and over again as well. Um, and uh, we don't edit a lot out out when we do these. I mean, they pretty much go up as as they as they are. Um, and what is the what is the risk of of having a podcast out out there? Well. If if it's that if it's too bad, nobody will listen to it, and sort of no harm, no foul, you know. So it's it it feels riskier than it is because a lot of self judgment comes into it. It's like, well, if I try to do this podcast and it doesn't work out well, then people are going to judge me, and you know, I'm going to not stand up to the measure that I see myself as. And uh, it's a grand universal indictment on who I am as a person. And uh, all self-esteem will go out the window. Then everybody's going to see me for the full, true, entire fraud that I am, that I am not worthy of inhabiting space on this earth. And the universe will quick, quickly come to an abrupt end. And everything will just end in fire and darkness at the same time, right? So, I mean, that's, that's what, <laughs> none of which is true. You know, none of which is, none of which is true. But it feels like that. that's what that fear feels like, though, you know, and it's like, yeah, but it's not true. Eh, and if it does, fun. oh, well. Yeah, well, the earth had to right, burn sometime, you. right? So it's like. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I do this thing with some of my kids sometimes, you know, where it's like, I'm terrified about this test on Friday. It's like, yeah, what's going to happen if you get an F? You know, and just by, you know, connecting very logical and intuitive dots, they will find themselves at the end of the universe where the earth is torn apart and everything is rent asunder. And we all, you know, uh, there's destruction everywhere. It's like, but we know that's not going to happen, though. You know, so it's it's like the brain spins these these yarns of destruction and tales of woe that fear fuels them you know those stories to illogical conclusion to an illogical conclusion right i mean but you know a lot of those stories are stories we have told for so long and you know like so many things like we have the stories we tell ourselves that we never fact check because we never tell anyone else about them And we just keep them in our the deep recesses of our minds and we tell ourselves the story over and over again. And whether or not the story is true, it becomes familiar, right? Yeah. Um, and so fear becomes familiar and we just live within it because yeah. that's, you know, that's the story we know. Um, you know, so many of, you know, the, you know, like the, like when you were talking about your mom watching over you like yeah. a hawk and it's like, well, 
what stories are in her head. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, know. like, yeah, it's, I don't know. you know, and, um, you know, a lot of, we, we've talked on this podcast about my fear of being when I was younger of being kidnapped. Well, where did that come from? Well, I watched a lot of unsolved yeah. mysteries. Well, right? with, with my mom. Yeah, this is right about the time that they started to put faces of missing children on milk cartons as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I, I'm not sure those weren't not related. You know, I'm not sure those weren't unrelated. Right. Yeah. But so it's, it's, it's kind of all tied up into how do we um, respond to the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that our society tells us versus, um, you know, just reacting to them all. Like if we react to everything, we'll never try anything. We'll live in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You never try anything. Little bubble padded rooms yeah you never put your stuff on the in the in the trunk of the car and go you never get that airplane ticket you never apply to that program you never you know you never do any of that mm-hmm. so it takes guts it takes guts and some courage and to face I those doubt. fears and not run from them to face those fears and say oh fear i see you let's do mm-hmm. this together let's do this together you yeah know, keep me keep me safe from the lions and we'll walk this path and may we do so together. Mm-hmm. And I think facing that is necessary if we want to accomplish anything. But it's also necessary if we want to accomplish the unlikely thing. You know, it's it's at some point it becomes like this question of like, um. I don't know. I think for me, there's a lot of things that I've been doing lately that aren't the obvious thing. They're not the thing that I've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the fear isn't necessarily jumping and doing something. It's just choosing to be a, in a different way. Yeah, right. Um, right. And sometimes maybe that is accomplishment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're just using this word. Uh, get me now, right? It's accomplished thing, right? What I'm going to have accomplished today is having (laughs) said the word accomplishment. I got to look that one up. So, yeah, I'm curious uh, uh, what relation. So, so dear listener, what is your relationship with fear? I mean, my God, what kind of question is that? You know? Uh, Yeah. You know, truth be told, there are probably seven or eight things I could rattle off that of things that, you know, initiated a sense of fear or angst or something like that inside me just already today. You know? Oh, I have a good uh, question and, for us. Yeah. Dear listener, the real question is, what does fear accomplish? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, well, my own mentor. Afraid Paul hates know, me right Well, well my, my mentor, you know, that I work with, Clea, you know, says... Um, you know, we're, we're all on this path. We're all on this path together. You know, it's like it fear. It, we're, it's trying to keep trying. It's trying to keep you safe. I mean, ultimately, that's what, what, what this is, you know, keep you keep you from the lions. It does a good job of keeping you from being eaten by hyenas. You know, it's you know, we're all just trying to all these parts of us are just trying to keep us safe as best it can. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily one one doesn't necessarily know better than the other, but it all just kind of feels everybody sort of knows what the right thing to do is and fear has a particularly loud voice sometimes you know but it's It's true keeping us safe keeping us safe from risky things and we don't know what the outcome is going to be who knows may you dear listener be safe and happy and healthy and 
check out those fears, see what they are. Mm-hmm. You know. And check out those accomplishments. Yeah, and check out those accomplishments. And I guess I can do that too. Yeah. Perhaps you can awesome. get curious about your distaste for the word accomplishment. I will use the academic part of myself to try to unpack what that really is. So I am going to Google that and I'm going to see what that etymology really is. I will mm. contemplate that. I will consider it. May, you know. may I make a suggestion? Please do. Don't Please do. Google it. Go to the Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> you have insulted my sentiment. I was going to say, Sherry's afraid I'm going to do this the wrong way. And I'm going to... No, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to judge you <laughs> as we talk about it. And I'd rather not. So... Yeah, um, I get that. I get yeah. That. So if you end up telling me that you went to dictionary.com, yeah. we're going to have words. We're going to have a chat. Awesome. I'm afraid we're going to have words. <laughs> awesome. So awesome. stay tuned, listener, for. <laughs> yeah, all right. See if we have words. Yep. Cool. Uh, welcome to June, folks. I think it's June uh, when this one comes out. So uh, we'll, we'll come up to the official start of summer here in a couple of weeks. With mm-hmm. uh, we, have a, we have a solstice coming up, right? We do. Uh, we so do. That'll be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. Cool. cool. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Sherry. I'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. 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 Cool.